0: Welcome to a brand new episode of Greg and Chad's Power Half Hour. My name is Greg Mahatchko, and my co-host on the West Coast, Chad Smart. Chad, it's a new week, a new topic. How are you, friend?
1: I am hanging in there, a little tired. You know, we were recording this after a three-day weekend. Well, I had a three-day weekend. I don't know if you had a three-day weekend. I did not. Uh, some, some people... Uh, I was going to say, some other people that I talked to did not have a three-day weekend, so I'm going to rub it in that I did have a three-day weekend and spent it watching gloriously bad movies that I would love to talk about every other week here on the Power Half Hour. But they're actually movies that I wanted to watch, so they don't fit into the not-my-demographic criteria that we have. And uh, yeah, that's how I spent my day. And now I had to work today. And You know, anytime you go back after a three-day weekend, it's it's not fun. And I think we should uh, only did a half day. You got to ease yourself back in.
0: I, I have too much work for a half day. Uh, maybe it's different in an office setting, but I, there's just too much. There's, there's too much working out enough, Greg, to go around. But I also saw a movie over the weekend that may or may not fit into the Not My Demographic category. Uh, it was, but it, it was close to my demographic, but it was also close to my son's demographic. Can you figure mm. it out, Chad? You want to take a guess, or did you listen uh, to the newest episode of Nerds United?
1: I am going. To, I have not listened to it yet. I am going to guess that you probably went and saw 1917 after the Oscars. You were like, "This is the movie that I need to see," or Parasite, since it did win Best Picture.
0: You are. Close. Uh, took the family Valentine's Night, and we went and saw Sonic the Hedgehog as a family. And it was fun. My boy enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I, I he, he said he had to go to the bathroom. He has no sense of, you know, uh, the, the three arc structure. So he mm-hmm. wanted to go to the bathroom during the, essentially the last five minutes of the show, like the, the final climactic scenes. Uh, before the epilogue, so I come back. I, we run to the bathroom, do his business, wash his hands, hit him with the air dryer, run back, get looked at by an usher, usherette, possibly. I can't remember. Um, she says, "No running." Great. And <laughs> then the conflict was over, and I, I we sit down, and I, I say to my wife, "Did we miss it?" And she's like, "Yep." <laughs> So, Mm. but it was fun. He, he enjoyed it. We had a good evening and, uh, and I don't even know how Sonic did at the box office, but, uh, we had to go. Number
1: one, 68 million.
0: Well, there you go. Oh, look at you, uh, rattling off the digits. Uh, but we enjoyed it and, uh, we had to go to, I think it was our third choice theater to, uh, check it out. So it was, it was good.
1: Now, were you disappointed that you missed the climactic ending or, and, and were you lost? Could you not figure out what it what was happening?
0: Uh, I was I disappointed. I was disappointed in my son's timing because you know I thought I would have you know I know he's only four, but I thought I would have been had been doing a better job of raising him to uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know um, not have to go to the bathroom during you know hyper important scenes in a movie. Uh, but I was able to infer what had happened in the scenes that I'd missed spoiler. Do you want a spoiler Chad for Sonic the Hedgehog?
1: No, I think we should keep it spoiler free just okay. in case that there's someone out there listening who has yet to see Sonic and they, they want to be surprised. But I, uh, I mean, that, that sounds like you had a good time. I watched Ninja three and disorderlies over the weekend. And let me tell you, those are
0: movies. They sure sound like it. And we are going to go in an opposite direction of movies, still staying in the entertainment genre for this uh, episode of when did, you know, I don't know, nostalgia, you know, our life revisited. Uh, The first couple of episodes, it was exact moments in time when this happened, you know, it was uh, the Dream Team or it was Y2K. Last time around, we talked about our generational takes on after-school cartoons. This time around, we're going to the time in our lives when we realized, spoiler alert, that professional wrestling was a work. Chad, for anybody who's not familiar with Sport or, uh, sports entertainment, pro wrestling lingo. What, is, what does a work mean?
1: Well, see, this is where I was confused when you proposed this topic because I, I don't understand what you mean by wrestling being a work. Um, are you talking about it being a job for the wrestlers? Like that is their main focus of income or yeah. – I, I, I don't fully understand what you're what you're uh, getting at
0: Chad. With this topic. Chad, Chad, it's still real to me. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, when when we found out, when we learned that, yes, there is tremendous athleticism involved, and you have to be in terrific shape. But Did, the you, outcomes, I, I think.
1: Kevin Hunsberger, the host of the My One Two Three Sins podcast here on Jittery Monkey, was a tag team champion last year. So I don't think you have to be in the in great shape to be a wrestler.
0: Yeah, but he was carried by Heath Hatton. So. And that's
1: that's true too. Uh,
0: but when when we found out that the results of the pro wrestling angles or matches were predetermined, that there was a little bit more stage show than pure athletic competition. Chad, how old were you when you realized that pro wrestling was fake? I know, I know that's uh, that's gonna that's gonna get some people f- fired up.
1: Yeah, yeah. We don't use the F word. We don't. Um, I, I, and, and to anyone who is out there listening who may say, "Well, why not?" That's what it is. No, it's. I, I take a. I tried to remember this line from Mike Quackenbush, who is the, who is a professional wrestler, has been wrestling for 25 years. He owns and operates the Chikara promotion out of Pennsylvania. In his biography, he, he had a paragraph or so about the word fake. And he said, when you, because when his biography came out is when backyard wrestling was um, a big thing. And he said, you know, using the word fake implies that there's no danger. And, you can use the term predetermined or you know, staged, but when they fall, they fall. You know, it's Chad, it, it's not fake.
0: Yes. I'm gonna stop you right there because we're gonna play that clip of Mike Quackenbush explaining the business of pro wrestling.
2: Okay.
1: Is but that you could me? probably say it better?
2: I think pro wrestling is the most misunderstood form of entertainment on the planet. And I also believe it's the most fascinating and wonderful kind of performance art you could ever hope to experience. So why? Why is professional wrestling so misunderstood? Why is there such a stigma associated with being a pro wrestling fan? I think it is because for years, wrestling was stuck in this closeted cycle of self-loathing because we are not legitimate sport. I'm sorry, Adam. We're not. But we masquerade as that in the same way that the Harlem Globetrotters masquerade as competitive basketball. Pro wrestling is performance art. And the flavor of wrestling I like best is akin to a comic book come to life. It is colorful costumes. It is superhuman feats of strength and agility. It's heroes and villains, it's comedy and tragedy, and larger-than-life characters. But for too long, the pervading belief in professional wrestling is that we could not come clean, that we could not be frank with our audience about what we are. And maybe this was born out of a need to project a tough guy image, or maybe this was born out of a desire to feel like we belonged to a secret society that had access to some sort of insider information. Or maybe it is because so many of us cannot bear the sound of the word, fake. The risks we take to entertain our fans, the sacrifices that we make along the way, the passion that we pour into this pursuit of ours, all of that is very, very real. And it cuts like the worst kind of insult if someone were to summarize your risks and your sacrifices and your passions with the word, fake. What's important to understand is that pro-wrestling fans do not enjoy what we make because, well, they must not get it, right? They don't understand what it is. They think it's legitimate. No, no. Just like when you crack open a Harry Potter novel, or you tune into Game of Thrones, or when you buy a ticket to the newest Marvel movie, you check your disbelief at the door, and you expect that in exchange for this, you'll be provided with an escapist experience. That's the magic of it. And I know this all too well, because having been seduced by that magic at a young age, I have spent the balance of my life trying to make it and share it with others. Unlike any movie, TV show, any novel or comic book, pro wrestling is a uniquely dynamic experience.
0: So yeah, Mike Quackenbush, who I think was, correct me if I'm wrong, injuries you know, speaking of, you know, the bumps that they take, it was injuries that shortened his in ring career. But like you said, uh, has Chicara, which is not one of the more well known, I'm sorry, Chicara Pro, probably technically, is not one of the more well known, uh, wrestling federations or, or uh, uh, promotions out there, but certainly has a, a very loyal fan base. Uh, much like yourself, and they have their own—I believe they have or had at least anyway—their own streaming service, Chikaratopia. Uh, so, no, I was being tongue in cheek when I when I mm-hmm. said the f word. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's when did you learn that? I mean, let's let's get back on topic here. When did you learn that? Hey, uh, these are you know less combatants and more mm-hmm. dance partners.
1: I was trying to think of this, uh, of the exact moment uh, after you proposed this topic, and I don't, I can't tell you when for sure it was. I would say probably sometime between WrestleMania thir- 3 and WrestleMania 4, perhaps, because um, back in the day, which w- this would have been 87 to 88, uh, we had the giant satellite dish, uh, my family did, and so we would get... Uh, the Madison Square Garden Network, the Boston um, Sportsnet that would show this was back before WW when WWF was still running these places monthly, like the last Monday of every month was at MSG. Uh, Boston was once a month and they would show the house shows over closed circuit television, which is technically what we had. And it was always amazing how they would always fit right into the a lot allotted, uh, time slot and, you know, never go over, never run too far under. And I'm sure it was, uh, uh you know, my parents or, or someone else saying, you know, Oh, you know, it's the F word, mm-hmm. but yeah, I can't remember the exact timing. Uh, but it would have been somewhere I'm going to guess around that time. But, but again, as long as it was good storytelling, then I don't care about the predetermination of it. I just, you know, you suspend disbelief, it's, and I know Kevin Huntsberger has said this on my one, two, three, sense several times. It's kind of um, insulting to a wrestling fan to be like, oh, you know, it's you know, it, you know it's fake. It's it's all staged. whatever. It's like, yeah, well, you know, if you watch CSI, those aren't really cops solving murders. If you watch, whoa, 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 whoa they're not. Uh, shocker! Spoiler! No. Uh, if you watch Superstore, those aren't employees in a St. Louis. You know, I can drive through uh, Studio City and or or Burbank and see the fa- facade of the Cloud Nine store here in Los Angeles. Um, yeah. So, so but but people don't care about those shows being staged or fake, and I think there is that is one of the problems with wrestling being sports entertainment and a lot of guys going by their real names is it blurs that line and you don't know how to, how to really react to something. Cause is it real? Is it, you know, uh, predetermined, but it's cause when you see, you know, if you see Tom Cruise out on the street, you know, he's not Ethan Hawk or, or Ethan Hunt. Uh, he's also not Ethan Hawk. He's a totally another actor, (laughs) but he's not Ethan Hunt or uh, any other character that he's played, a maverick, you know he's Tom Cruise. But if you see John Cena out on the street, he's not the guy from Catching Fire or Playing with Fire or uh, Ben Diesel's brother in Fast and Furious 27. He's John Cena. That's the same wrestler guy. So it, it is weird in trying to separate real from fantasy in that regard.
0: So for you, you said, you know, between WrestleMania three and four. So that's 87, 88 ish. Mm -hmm. Uh, So. And how old were you at that time?
1: Uh, 13, 14.
0: All right. So So, I was a late bloomer and catching on. Well, see, now that's funny you say that because I was (laughs) just going to say you were a skosh. Fun word, underutilized, a skosh ahead of me. Uh, not that I figured it out in 1989 or anything like that. Um, I was in high, uh, probably in high school. We watched. I'm not going to say like we watched it. I remember growing up with uh, uh, w, You know the Power Hour on TBS, WCW. Um, I didn't. We didn't watch a ton of WWF in my home um until like the Monday Night Wars I think started up like I knew who Undertaker and you know I video games and you know just casually passing but we were more of an NWA WCW house um and I think the presentation on that particular channel lent itself to be more it, obviously while it was still you know, scripted or, or you know, uh, the results, the outcomes were predetermined, however you want to put it. The presentation was that of a bit more athletic competition. Um, not that, you know, you still had Sting with face paint and, you know, bleach blonde hair and, and uh, you know, you still had some, some characters, but it wasn't quite as quote-unquote cartoony as the WWF was. It wasn't until, it was high school, for sure. And we were talking about this before we started rolling sound. I, uh, as a senior in high school, I took a a class for a semester called research, which was basically, you just sit there and you're writing papers, you know, one after another. Uh, And this, I think, was the persuasive paper. And the teacher put up, you know, on the overhead projector, you know, before screens and smart, you know, screens and all that other nonsense, he put up a list of topics, you know, there are probably seven or eight different topics, and one of them was pro-wrestling factor fiction. So, I'm like, boom, I know which one I'm going to do, don't even have to think about it, probably don't have to do much research. And in the course of writing that paper, you know, look, I, I definitely highlighted the athletic competition, the risk of injury. I know that I talked about uh, you know, Steve Austin's uh getting uh as he would put it, getting uh dropped on his stack of uh dimes and you know when he uh his neck was broken at, at uh SummerSlam ninety six. Eight. Ninety eight. Was it really?
1: Uh no ninety six,
0: you're right. Yeah. It was right after he got going 97. Up at, 97. Okay, that sounds Sorry. better. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, there was the uh, uh, injury of Kevin – when uh, Kevin Nash tried to power – jackknife powerbomb the Giant in WCW and about dropped him on his head because Giant's a big yeah, I thought boy. you were going
1: to go with when Kevin Nash tried to walk, but that was way later. Right. <laughs> uh,
0: you know, but I – so I, I definitely involved the uh, uh, injury talk and how, you know, you can get injured in the – you know, 16 by 16 or 20 by 20 ring, same as you can be injured in football, hockey, basketball, baseball. Uh, I definitely talked about, you know, the, the showmanship of it. Uh, and, and at the end, it was, it was the best persuasive paper ever because it, my final paragraph says, in the eyes of the real wrestling fan, it doesn't matter. You know, I basically just said, all that stuff that I just told you, eh you know, you either get it or you don't. Um, yeah. And and I I got, and I got a hundred, I got a hundred on the paper. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, I I would probably say that I, I realized that it was, you know, a predetermined, uh, display of athleticism, you know, the quote unquote male soap opera, probably sophomore, freshman, sophomore year of high school. When I started paying attention closer.
1: And I was going to say, it's, there's another quote that I've heard several times. And I think it, um, Perfectly encaps- encapsulates the the uh, mentality of a wrestling fan, and it's simply put: when they're talking about it being staged or not, it's to a wrestling fan you don't have to explain; to a non-wrestling fan, they'll never understand. Yeah, and and like I said, it's all about suspension of disbelief. If you can buy into into the characters, and I think you know, I think that's something that's missing from a lot of uh, the popular wrestling today is the lack of character. Uh, everything Everybody is more just Johnny boots and tights. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not to say we need to go back to like the doinks or Kamala's or, you know, but everybody is just, it, it you know, Stone Cold got popular in black trunks and black tights and just being a, you know, hell raising SOB, the rock got popular just being a smart ass. But you had a persona there and now, you know, through fault of the wrestler or the promotion, no one's really there. Are, there are very few characters or personalities. I think, my opinion.
0: I I don't disagree. I don't follow the product anymore. Uh, is actually I shouldn't say I don't follow the product closely anymore. Uh, you know I, I get you know highlights and you know headlines things like that. Uh, I listen to my one two three cents the podcast with kevin hunsberger and sometimes he even talks about things that are going on outside of southern illinois Oh, uh, but that's all right that he likes to focus on you know the promotion that he's involved with stride pro wrestling maybe you're familiar with it uh listener out there um but i i miss the characters i miss you know it, it, it's weird because we've gravitated more towards the real you know the, like you know you've got the real names you have less undertakers and doinks and more seth rollins and uh I, I can't say dean ambrose anymore but you know john moxley's and chris jericho's things like that but i think where i have have really tuned out is because you know and, and this is a uh, uh, burr under the saddle for a lot of old timers is there's not a whole lot of selling anymore and it's mm-hmm. a lot of high spots and, you know, it, look, it's why I don't, I'm not a, I'm definitely not a quote unquote internet wrestling fan, you know, like all the stuff that you you see on the indie shows uh, or some of the early AEW stuff where they're lining up and, you know, shooting imaginary fireballs at uh, at their opponents. I'm like, come on. I think that's why, like, I, I enjoyed, you know, look, late 90s WWF was my jam that's the stuff that I grew up on attitude era but aside from that you know I liked that real you know a competition you know athletic competition based early you know and or not early NWA early WCW style uh, you know I was a big stinger fan uh, you know back in the day and I don't know there was just something about their presentation but I also think that I ruined wrestling for myself because I have a bookshelf full of wrestler autobiographies from uh, Chris Jericho, obviously Mick Foley, uh, a lot of them that, you know, were written by or, you know, co-written by, you know, I've got like uh, uh, Dustin Rhodes uh, and Rey Mysterio, Batista, uh, Steve Austin, The Rock. I mean, I've got all of these books. And all it's, you know, I, I, at the time I was like, yeah, I wanted that peak behind the curtain. And once that veil is lifted, man, there's no putting it back. There's no, you know, putting the toothpaste back in the tube. Once, once that illusion is shattered, man, it's gone.
1: No, I totally agree. And I think obviously the internet coming around and exposing more people to dirt sheets is, is a factor, uh, something that I didn't know existed before the internet. I, I didn't know who um, Dave Metzler, Metzler, whatever his name is, was. <laughs> um, and now uh, I, I, think that is a problem, but I know we're running a little short on time here. So I'm going to throw, out, I told you I had a, a question, a, a conjury, a idea that I was going to pitch. And I'm going to throw this out there to Kevin uh, for a future, my one, two, three cents topic. I'll also throw it out to Tom and Jason skull from the Skullbuster buster Russell cast. If they're listening and the guys over at uh, Podzilla, Mr. 100, or yes, Mr. 100, Five Star Man, and Dalton Anthony. To, to uh, I, Hopefully I can make this make sense and, and do it in about two minutes. The, the wrestling that I grew up in, you know, I started, I got into wrestling about 1983. So right before Hulkamania came up. But the guys that from that generation that were wrestling were, for the most part, I'm going to in broad terms, this were guys who either failed at other sports or were doing bodybuilding and got segwayed into wrestling. It wasn't like they were coming up being like, Oh, I want to be a professional wrestler. Uh, then you had the attitude era where you still had a, some of that carryover. of guys like Steve Austin who had been injured playing football, Lex Luger, uh, staying was a bodybuilder. It was still, guys who um grew up in you know some when you get to the later ends of the attitude era with the guys like the hardy boys edge and christian people who grew up watching the 80s wrestling who um still kind of a some wanted to be wrestlers some didn't you know they fell into it and then now you have the current generation who have grown up through the boom periods of the monday night war through the Hulkamania, they they see all this stuff, and and that curtain has been pulled back, you know. Again, thanks to the internet, and so we see a lot more of um, because we know it's staged. We don't feel the connection to the wrestlers uh, actually being enemies of one another. You know, uh, when when Hacksaw Jim Duggan and the Iron Sheik got pulled over, and uh, they were riding together that was big news because, oh my gosh, these two guys hated each other. Why were they together? Um, You know, in the old Mid-South days, Bill Watts made sure to keep his heels and faces apart outside of the arena. Now, you know, you can go on up, up, down, down and see Xavier Woods playing video games against other uh, WWE superstars. So I think in that regard has the business itself kind of, um, and this is, I guess the point that I, Trying to make that, I can't. I don't know how to make the
0: the evolution of the business undo the business, the the mystery of the business itself.
1: A little bit, yeah. And you know, obviously, we're not going to go back to one hundred percent kayfabe. But you know, when I go to an indie show and you see every guy out there hawking their merchandise, and so you get to talk to them, whether it's a face or a heel, they're out there, you know, interacting with fans just as normal people. And I think that's another factor that. Um, kind of pulls that curtain back or, or takes away the suspension of disbelief. And I don't know. I, I, to me, that's one of many things that I have, you know, if I, if I had to sit down and do a full show on, uh, on the things that I don't like about modern wrestling. And and I don't want to come up, I don't want to end this show on a negative note because I am a big fan and you know me, I, I promote Chikara, I've been promoting Wrestling Pro Wrestling, which is the most bizarre, abstract wrestling out there right now that I am aware of. But I can go and lose myself and just be a fan instead of critiquing uh, the business or, or critiquing the um, the storytelling and the action inside the ring.
0: Yeah. We're out of time. Hell of a great discussion, much more than we can fit into 30 minutes, but that's the fun of Greg and Chad's Power Half Hour. Uh, he's on Twitter at Chad Smart. I am on Twitter at TheHooch36, and you can find the show on Facebook for now until we branch out at uh, Greg and Chad's Power Half Hour. And on, well, so far, we're on Apple uh, Play, or Apple Play, Apple Podcasts and Stitcher, courtesy of the co-host of the year, request he says you need to get that on stitcher because that's the app i use so you're welcome mike uh but that's it for this episode and we'll catch you next time on greg and chad's power half hour chad say something witty
1: i got nothing
2: this is a production of the jittery monkey podcast network for more jittery shenanigans go to jitterymonkey.com